We're going to finish our series that we started a few weeks ago called The Church. We've been talking about what church is and how God grows His church. And we said this the first week. We said that the church is not a building. We say many times, I still say it, we're going to church. We're all going to church. You've probably thought that even this morning. Should I go? Should I not go? Yeah, let's go to church. But the truth is that the church is not four walls. Amen? The church is us. We are the church. And God identifies His church and relates His church as a family. You'll see it throughout the New Testament in the book of Acts. The very first word that the Apostle Paul ever heard recorded in Scripture as a Christian was the word brother. It's the first recorded word he ever heard from another believer. He was welcomed into a family. And that's what God does. He welcomes us into families. We are this morning a family. We're having Sunday dinner together, right? We're just enjoying our time together. And so we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So the first way God grows his church is relationally. He grows us by relationships. He welcomes us into a family. Psalm says this. It says, God sets the solitary, those who are alone, he sets them into families. Families. So that's important for us to know. And then last week, I said the second point is this. God grows his church generationally. Now, if you missed last week's message, you need to listen to that, especially if you are a parent or a grandparent. You need to understand what is happening in America today, and it's been happening for some time, is that we see kids, listen to me, kids who are raised in church, go to church all of their life, or at least a majority of their life, and the minute they graduate high school, go off to a secular college, they walk away from church. In fact, we find that statistics will say this, 75% of kids who, who graduate high school go on to secular college, 75% of them leave the church and never return. Did you hear me now? I said they leave the church and they never return. And boy, that ought to wake us up. And so last week we talked about what do we do? How do we combat that? What can we do as parents and grandparents as a society? Because God grows his church generationally. This week, let's talk about how the other way God grows his church. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13 says this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah are one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16 says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven and I will also, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Here is Jesus with his disciples, and he has them gathered together, and he just asks them a question. 
What's the rumor going around town? Who do men say that I am? Now listen, Jesus had a name. His legal name was not Jesus Christ. Okay, we we understand that. Christ was not his name. Christ is his title. His legal name was Jesus Bar-Joseph. So the word bar means son of, so he would be called legally Jesus, son of Joseph. That was his legal name. But he asked, said, hey, what's the rumor? Who are men saying that I am? And he said, well, some say you're, you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and they had Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus says back to Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. Christ means the anointed one, the carrier of the anointing. So Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says back to Peter, you are blessed. And here's why. Because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Okay? In other words, here's what he's saying. You did not get this naturally. You didn't get it naturally. See, there is a difference now. Catch me on this. There is a difference between information and revelation. There's nothing wrong with information. The people in the town were saying, you are Jeremiah, you're Elijah, you're one of the prophets. They were basing that on what? Information. They were were coming up with that on their own. But Peter said, no, I have revelation. Here's the revelation. You are the Christ. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Okay? And Jesus said, that is what? It is revelation. Information is important. There's nothing wrong with gathering information over your lifetime. You're going to need information. But let me just tell you, of far far more infinite, greater importance in your life is revelation. See, information can change. Information doesn't lead to transformation, but revelation cannot change. Revelation isn't based on your five senses. Revelation doesn't come to you through your own understanding or through your own knowledge or through your own study. Revelation comes to you by the Holy Spirit, and it is of far greater importance than information. In fact, here's how important it is. Jesus said it is on that Peter not himself, not Peter, but on the revelation that Peter had of who Jesus was, based on that revelation, I'm going to build. Here's why revelation is so important. You can't build on information, but you can build on revelation. Did you hear me now? You can build. When you put your feet on revelation, you are standing on solid ground. Amen? That's why revelation is so important. People can talk you out of information. Nobody can talk you out of revelation. Huh? Nobody can talk to you out of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life. So you have to know this is why this is so important. The third way God grows his church is through revelation. He grows it by revelation. And it changes the way you pray. It totally transforms the way you pray. When Paul is writing in the first chapter of Ephesians, 
He is writing to the church, and he actually says a prayer for the church, and he says, I am praying for you. And listen to what he prays. He prays this in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I'm praying that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that the eyes of your understanding is that information no 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 that's revelation huh that's when you see not with your natural eyes that's when you see with your spiritual eyes huh that's so much more important than you just gathering information it's now you see what is really happening behind the scenes huh you begin to get revelation and it changes the way you pray. Listen, I'm not praying for information. I can get information anyway. I can get information about a sickness. I can get information about problems on the job. I can get information about my marriage. I can gather a lot of information over a period of time. But listen, the only way to get revelation is through the Holy Spirit and is so much more important than information. Hallelujah. We have to have revelation. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you're there, let's look at it. Here's what it says, and it starts in verse number 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 says this. By, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for they, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered the, into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, let's stop right there for a moment. Why is it hidden? Why is it a mystery? Why would God, a heavenly Father who loves us, a good, good father, we just sang it a minute ago. Why would he hide anything from us? It doesn't really make sense, does it? I mean, why would God hide anything? Well, the truth of it is this. God's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you. Huh? We just had Easter. Maybe you've heard the story. Listen, we don't hide Easter eggs from our kids. We hide them for our kids. God hides things. Listen to what it says. He hides those things which he has prepared. That's past tense, right? That means that he already has a plan for us, right? He's hiding those things that are already prepared for us. How many of you know God does not have a future and God does not have a past? He only has a present, I'm going to say that again. God does not have a future, and he does not have a past. He only has a present. That's why the Bible says he is an ever-present help in a time of trouble, because today he is present. Guess what? Tomorrow he's going to be present. Guess what? Next week, next month, next year, every day of your life, every moment of your life, he is present. Hallelujah. When Moses said to God, hey, how, how do I explain you? Who am I to say, that, who am I to tell them that, that who sent me? He said, you tell them. God said, you tell them, Moses, I am. I just, that's it. That's all they need to know. I am. Not I will be, not I used to be. 
I am right now. Amen? He is the God of the here and the now. And he has already prepared your future. He's not trying to figure it out. He's already got it figured out. Let's look at verse number 10. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. For we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might what? That we might know the things uh, that have been freely given to us by God. God wants you to know. He's not trying to withhold anything from you, to keep them from you. Here's why it's hidden. You want to know why it's hidden? It's hidden so that we cannot be lazy and still access it. It's hidden because you can't be casual and still get it. It's hidden because you can't be apathetic about it and still walk into the plan and purposes of God. It is hidden for the diligent. It is hidden for those, the Bible says this, who will diligently seek him. Because if you diligently seek him, guess what? You're going to find him. But the lazy... The apathetic, the casual, they will never receive the things that God has prepared for him. That's why they're hidden. That's why he doesn't just show everybody everything. You have to go after him to get it. Amen? Listen, he wants to show them to you. He's not hiding them to keep you from them because he he thinks it's funny or he finds some kind of pleasure in that. No, he's a good dad. He loves you. He wants you in his will more than you want to be there. You just have to know this. Listen, God hides them because you have to seek after them. Amen? You have to be focused. You have to be determined. You have to say, hey, I want this. I want God's will. I want God's plan. I'm serious about this, God. Amen? It's kind of like this. The Bible says that the Spirit searches the mind of God to reveal the things of God. I kind of got this example this week as I was studying. When we need to look up something... We go to the internet and we use a search engine, whether it's Google or Yahoo or something else. So this week, I, I, needed, I needed information, right? I needed to find out the difference between a four-pin trailer connector and seven-pin. Don't ask me why. I just did, okay? I did. So I went to Google and I typed in four-pin to seven-pin trailer connector. Now... When you do that and you hit the enter button, Google is not trying to figure out the answer. Right? Google doesn't say, oh, hmm, let me see if I can come up with an answer. You got four pins and you get some wires and then you do this. No, that's not what Google does. The answer is already out there. The answer's there. All Google does is it goes and finds the answer that is already there and it just reveals it to you. Huh? So that, listen, here's what happens. When we say, okay, God, I need an answer. 
I'm having some problems at the house, man. I, I, my kids and, and, and my marriage or, or, hey, my finances or, you know, there's a situation on the job. I need to know, God, I need some help, huh? And when we wake up, we, we take that to our prayer closet. The Holy Spirit doesn't go, huh, well, see if we can come up with an answer. Let me talk to God about this thing and see if we can't figure this out, huh? That's not what happens. God has already prepared an answer for you. Amen? The answer has already been provided. The Holy Spirit searches and says, hey, that answer is already provided. Now here, here, I'm going to reveal it to you because you asked for it. You sought after the answer. You were diligent to seek my face. Hey, you pressed in. Hey, I see you praying. I see you connecting. I see you saying, hey, God, I need you. I see the desperation. And so the Holy Spirit searches the mind of God and says, here is the answer that God has already prepared for you. Hallelujah. That's why this will revolutionize your prayer life when you understand the difference between trying to gather information and revelation. Jesus will talk to you. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm telling you, this week something, something crazy happened to me. I was, I was we, had a, we had a coffee table left over, right? And so we said, okay, let's sell it. I was talking to Pastor Alex. I said, let's sell this thing. I said, I'm gonna put it on offer up. You know, there's a little app out there. If you don't know anything about it, just skip this part. So, so I put on offer up. I said, hey, $25 here. And so this, I got this back. Check this out. Here's what I got back. It said, Jesus wrote your message regarding coffee table. <laughs> and I, so I clicked on it. And it says, Jesus would like to know if you'd take $20 instead of 25 <laughs> I thought... Some guy named Jesus forgot to put an apostrophe with his name. And then I was thinking, hey, wait a minute. Jesus can afford $25. No, I'm not selling that for $20. Jesus has all the money in the world. Are you kidding me? But listen, it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. All right? But when we need an answer, God provides an answer. Not because he's trying to figure it out. He already has your life mapped out. Amen? So this changes the way we pray. So let me give you three things to pray for every day. Here's three things. This is what you are to pray for every day of your life. Number one, pray for truth to be revealed. Boy, I can't, I can't even stress to you how important this is. Jesus actually said in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter. Now listen to what he says. He said, I'm going to give you another comforter, and he's the Holy Spirit, but this is what Jesus says. He is the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the greatest lie detector ever. He always spots a lie. He knows the difference between every truth and every lie, right? It doesn't matter what it's look like, what it looks like, because there are some lies out there. Man, they're just blatant. Man, they're just obvious. Uh, my favorite one is the one where you put the belt on, and you get a six-pack abs, regardless of eating. You're eating a cheeseburger, and this thing's vibrating away, and you're just eating a cheeseburger. And I look at that, and I go, "Who buys that? 
that's a lie, right? Now, some of you have that at your house. Don't tell me if you do, but some lies are a little more obvious than others. But I tell you this, I've believed some lies in my lifetime. I've believed some lies, and they have cost me dearly. I believe some lies about who I am or what I've done. I, believe, I have believed some lies in my day. And I needed the Holy Spirit's help to discern truth from a lie. Because the facts are this, a lie doesn't always come wrapped up like a lie. It sometimes looks like the truth. And you'll believe that, oh, this must be true because of this, this, and this. And the Holy Spirit's up there going, it's a lie. See, here's my prayer for my kids every day. My prayer is that they not believe a lie. Isn't that a great prayer to pray pray as a parent? Lord, help my kids to never believe a lie from the enemy because the enemy will lie to them all their life. So we have to pray for the Holy Spirit. Hey, lead me, lead my family into truth. May we never believe a lie that the enemy's trying to speak. The second thing is this. We pray every day for identity to be revealed. In that exact same verse in John chapter 14, towards the end, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. He would go on to say he'll lead you and guide you. In another couple chapters, he leads and guides in the truth. But he says this at the very end. I will not leave you as orphans. What's an orphan? An orphan has no knowledge of their father. And because they have no knowledge of their father, they have no knowledge of their own identity. Who am I? What is my name? Huh? I don't know who I am. And listen, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals to us who we really are. Listen, we could come in here on a Sunday morning and we could sing that song, You're a Good, Good Father. And and for some people, it's just words on a screen. But for others, hands go up because they realize, you are a good father. I am your child. I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. I belong to a family. I am not random. Huh? I was fearfully and I was wonderfully made. God put me together by his own hands. I'm not the product of some assembly line. God made me. He loves me unconditionally. He loves me when I'm good. He loves me when I'm not good. He loves me when I fall down and he loves me when I get up. He will always be there for me. I have a home. I belong to a fam- the family of God. Listen, God is my father. Hallelujah. And every day we should pray, God, show me my identity, who I really am, because I belong. My life counts. I have a purpose. God has a plan for my life. Amen. I was created I was created. Listen, we pray every day for our identity to be revealed. I am special in my Father's eyes. Hallelujah. And then the third thing is this. We pray for the next step to be revealed. We pray for the next step to be revealed. Jesus said this. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Not our yearly bread. He said, give us our daily bread. Let me just tell you, I believe this is the way God works. Let me give you this example this morning. 
1994, January of 1994, I left home to go into full-time ministry, right? Now it's 23 years later, and, and I'm here pastoring a church out in the Western communities. But God never told me that 23 years ago. If he would have told me 23 years ago, as I was preparing for ministry, hey, 23 years from now, you're going to pastor a church out in the Western communities called Grace Chapel, I never would have made the decisions I made. I would have messed the whole thing up big time. I wouldn't even be here. I promise you I wouldn't be here. But here's what he did. He said, okay, 1994, January, he said, I want you to go be an intern in North Florida, work for nothing, praise God, and, and just do that for a year. So that was the next step. I didn't know what was going to happen after the end of that year. I just, I committed to work for one year. And then at the end of that year, I said, okay, God, what do you have next? Wanted to get married, and so I was preparing to get married. Cynthia and I had been dating for a while. We were preparing to get married. And I was going to go be a missionary in, in Africa. I was planning to go work with some missionaries in Africa, and the church there wanted to hire me as a youth pastor. And so I prayed about it. I didn't know, but the next step was, okay, go. I want you to be a youth pastor in North Florida. So the church there said, okay, that's the next step. I was going to be a youth pastor. My wife and I, we became the youth pastors of that, of that church for five long years. All right? We were youth pastors. But we, I, I had committed to be a youth pastor. I'd, I'd have been a youth pastor until Jesus comes back, okay? Because that's all I, that was the next step, huh? And then after five years, a church 30 minutes away said, well, we need a pastor. And my pastor that I was connected with said, well, I got a guy I think could do the, do the job. And so we became the pastors 30 minutes away in a town called Chiefland, Florida. And that was just the next step. It was just the next step. None of this, none of this, didn't see any of this. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't reveal some things to you. God will give you a glimpse sometimes. There could be a prophetic word that comes to you that, that will show you something off in the distance, but he never gives you the details, right? The details come one step after another step after another step. So here we are, pastor in Chiefland, Florida, and I thought I could be here till, till Jesus comes back. I just, I'll, I'll do this till Jesus comes back. And so we did that for five years. And then after five years, God just dropped it in our hearts that we were to resign there, connect back with Trinity and Lake Worth so that we could plant a church. First, we we're thinking West Coast, but then pastor said, well, what about doing something out in the Western communities? And we said, okay. We prayed about it. We believed it was God. So that was just the next step. And here we are, right? You say, how did you get here? One step after another step after another step. And our prayer life needs to be, God, show me the next step. You know, I, I, I'm okay with getting a word that what will happen 20 years from now, but that doesn't help me for tomorrow. What I need to know is the very next step. 
what does next week look like? What does next month look like? Give me the next step of my life. I need revelation. Listen, I don't need information. Nothing wrong with that. Information's good, and, and I'll take information, and I can process information. But information is not what you can build your life upon. Information is not sure footing. Information is subject to change. Listen, information doesn't lead to transformation. Listen, I'm not going to put my whole existence on information, but I will step out of the boat, and I'll step on the water based on revelation. Hallelujah. And what I need in my life, is revelation every day of my life. God revealed to me the very next step. Hallelujah. Because when I step out, I want to know that when I put my foot down, I'm putting it on solid ground. And the only way to get that is through revelation. And the only way to do that, receive that, 